Hey everyone, this is Beth. And this is Jeff. And this is your Enneagram Coach, the podcast, where we're here to help you to understand yourself with astonishing clarity so that you can break free from self-condemnation, fear, and shame by knowing and experiencing the unconditional love, forgiveness, and freedom in Christ. So for this particular podcast, we're going to be focusing on three aspects of the Enneagram to help us understand ourselves and how we're relating to our this anxious season uh, that we're facing both as a country, but also personally within our own relationships. And so what we're going to be doing is a little bit of a stack that we're going to be talking about. One is core fears. Uh, we're always talking about the core motivations, core fear being one of those, and situations that activate that fear. Then all of a sudden, there are certain patterns of behaviors, thoughts, and feelings that come out of that. Next, we're going to be talking about um, some of the lines. So the stress path, that path that we go down whenever there are certain situations that we grow anxious internally. Um, the, the Enneagram helps us to give clarity on why we do what we do. And then lastly are the stances. Now, this may be new for you if you're unfamiliar with the Enneagram, but that's okay. We're gonna I'm gonna go through these here quickly and then we're gonna illustrate it by going through all nine types, uh, not only with stances, but also for fears and the stress paths. So what are the stress the stances? Well, there are interpersonal coping styles. Here's a quick explanation. Your stance is how you get others to respond to and meet your needs. So the three stances are the assertive style, that's types three, sevens, and eight, the dutiful style, types one, two, and six, and the withdrawn style, type four, five, and nine. Let's talk about the assertive style. These types move against people and take action to get their needs met. They react to stress or difficulty by boosting, reinforcing, or expanding their sense of self rather than backing down or withdrawing. So when entering a room, they automatically infer that everything meaningful and important happening connects to them. Next is the dutiful style, type 1, 2, and 6. These types move towards people to meet their needs externally. They react to stress or difficulty by serving others, believing that they must do something to get something. They're loyal and committed to do what's expected of them, and they live with a lot of oughts and shoulds. Shutting down their wants and desires, they do things on behalf of others to be loved and accepted. The withdrawn style, these are types four, five, and nine. They move away from people in the world by turning inward to find fulfillment. They react to stress and difficulty by zoning out in their own thoughts and imaginations. And when they enter the room, they automatically sense that they don't fit in. They feel that they have to summon up the energy to face the world and to face life. So recognizing your stance and knowing your path, uh, according to your main type, your stress path, as well as the core fears and becoming familiar with these three things, they're going to help you to understand what's happening inside of you. What are the opportunities where Christ can meet you in such an anxious time as this? And remember that God uses all things for his good, even in 2020. There's still time to disengage from autopilot mode and reactions and to intentionally move forward with understanding yourself and understanding those around you. Yeah, these are going to be so vital. Um, and, and it's not just the season. I think God is inviting us in this season of uncertainty. You can't avoid it, right? Like we're, it, 
it's not like we can just pretend it's not happening. It is happening and we're experiencing it. And so this is a really wonderful time that the Lord has called us all into to understand ourselves, not for navel gazing purposes, not for self-consumption. It's so that we understand where we are weak Therefore, he can be strong in us. Well, it reminds me of uh, David's words in the Psalms to, that he prayed to God, search me and know me. See if there's any uh, wrong or sinful way in me, and then lead me in the way everlasting. There's a sense to where coming to recognize where we're at is the opportunity for us to find where the Spirit is inviting us to return to relationship with God, to find ourselves, to find understanding, uh, finding the spirit giving us wisdom to organize what's happening inside so that we can love our neighbor well, so that we can love our families well, so that we can love our coworkers well. And part of that loving well is realizing and recognizing when we're not and owning that and apologizing for it, whether it's to people, to God, all of the above, and asking for the Holy Spirit to work in and through us to be more like Christ, to be more compassionate, more tender, more merciful towards others so that we're not just reactors, but we have an understanding of what's going on in our heart at any given moment and surrendering to the good work that He does in and through us. So, Bethy, why don't we start off with type one? We'll go through core fears. We'll go through the stress path, and then we'll also go through the stance. Uh, and then lastly, we'll invite you to transformation. What does it look like to move from these places, to use them as invitations to reengage with God's Spirit? Who is at work in us? Yeah, and I think that's if there's anything I want you guys to leave with is the last part, the transformation part. Yes, it is really good for us to be aware of some of these pitfalls that we can fall into, but there's hope and the hope is in Christ. And that's what we're going to paint that picture for you. And so whenever you find yourself, uh, you know, faltering or experiencing the weakness of your type or even the sinfulness of your type. We are not here to just look at that and feel it and be in shame and self-condemnation and fear. We are here to be able to see that because we know that the finished work of Christ has been done for us and in us. And so we leave with great hope of His transformational power in our lives. All righty, Bethy, let's jump into type one. Okay, so type ones, uh, during these like really anxious and chaotic times, you are going to try to prevent or run away from your core fear, which is being wrong, bad, evil, corrupt, unredeemable, inappropriate, and not being responsible. So a few of the themes that are going to activate your core fear and going to send you down a potential path is when you hear about scandals, leaders not living above her poach, or people living outside of your particular moral standards, problems that feel too big for you to fix or perhaps outside of your reach. And because you think in terms of black and white, any opposing viewpoints can actually be a potential activating uh, conversation. A couple of other is noticing people when they're not following rules, procedures, cutting corners, or being immoral, dishonest, and any particular mistake that harms the greater good. So when you're in these stressful situations, you might take on some of the average to the unhealthy characteristics of a type four. And so some of the behaviors that you might experience is that you might feel resentful or angry that others do not fulfill the expectations you think they need to be filling. You might withdraw from them with being more moody, feeling misunderstood, and your emotions might rise up 
while also feeling alone and isolated. You also might feel the need or the wish that all your responsibilities could be removed so that you could live this free and authentic life apart from rules. And so type ones, you're part of the dutiful stands along with twos and sixes. And here, when stressed, you naturally become compliant and dedicated to the rules. So dutiful to the rules to make sure that everything is done right. Now, in this stance, you might overcorrect when you're agitated or activated by acting morally superior and become more of a perfectionist or critical, wanting everyone to do what is right. So you might micromanage, which might prevent actually others from hearing you and your opinions because of that critical nature, which then can harm relationships. But here's the cool thing is there's transformation, there's hope in Christ. So when you are aligned with the truth of the gospel, you realize that you are fully loved, forgiven, and accepted, not because of what you have done, but because of what Christ has done for you and that his righteousness has been put on you. So you no longer need to strive to be good. You are good because of Christ's perfect righteousness on you. This will help quiet the inner critic by recognizing that the world can never be perfect on this side of heaven, but that Christ has won. The victory is His. And what we know is that God is making all things new, and you can rest in His sovereignty and His timing and how He sees you because what He sees is Christ in and through you. One passage that comes to mind when I think of uh, type ones in this season, because they do bring wisdom. And this is from James 3.17, but wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And I love this image of ones standing in the gap, being the ones who are reasonable, who are sober-minded, that are peaceable, not moving into others' lives in order to be right, but sowing peace and harvesting a whole season of righteousness as they serve their neighbors. Great, Bethy. Let's jump into type two. Yeah. So, okay, type twos. In this season of anxiety and stress, you are really going to try to prevent your core fear from happening, which is fearing that you're going to be rejected, unwanted, thought worthless, needy, inconsequential, that you're dispensable, or that you're unworthy of being loved. You know, there's going to be a variety of situations or themes and ideas that perhaps activate the core fear of the type two. When they hear stories about people or groups being rejected and not loved well, dire situations that feel too big or too far away for them to help, dehumanizing responses from leaders, people not caring for one another, feeling that they can't help serve or support someone around them. Now, their pride says they should be able to do this, but they find that there are certain limitations and the amount of need is just so great, it can feel overwhelming for the two. And then lastly, there may be situations where they feel used, unappreciated, or even ignored. So during these stressful times, you might find yourself acting out some of the average, the unhealthy characteristics of type eight. And some of the behaviors that might arise from that is that you might be irritable and defensive when rejected or ignored. And when you see injustices happening around you, you might feel vulnerable, which then might bring out some uh, characteristics of being controlling, aggressive, and demanding of others. 
Well, in these times when either you feel threatened or you see others threatened, you might withdraw your support and manipulate people in doing what you want them to do. You see issues as one-sided and you do not want to own your responsibility for them. Now, type twos, you're part of the dutiful stance like ones and sixes. And for you, this is when you're stressed, you naturally believe that you must shut down your needs and feelings, so not focusing on them, but instead to be dutiful on the behalf of others, the ones that you want love and acceptance from. Now, when that doesn't happen, you can overcorrect. You might hide your own needs and beliefs in fear that they'll threaten the relationships that you're so longing to hear appreciation and love from. You might become clingy and even martyr-like. But here's the good news. There's hope in the transformation of Christ, and that when you're aligned with the truth of the gospel, you know that you are wanted and loved by Christ. You begin taking care of your own needs first so that when you're replenished, you can then replenish others. You can help and support others. You're more conscious of your motives and what is actually helpful and when it's not. Because sometimes when you think you're being helpful, you're actually uh, inserting yourself. You're stepping over boundaries. But now at a health, healthy place, you ask if it is wanted and you are okay with whatever answer it is because you are loved and cherished by Christ first. And you feel that in a deep sense. In Second Corinthians chapter one, uh, Paul writes this. He says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. I love this passage for two in a season such as this, because the reality is, is that we must first experience the comfort that God extends to us, and then we become instruments in the lives of others. And the reality is, is that our caring, comforting Heavenly Father has gone before us twos. And so whereas you can be an instrument of comfort and healing in the lives of others. It is not your burden nor responsibility to care for everyone's needs. Our Father will take care of them. And by being served by Him, you're able to serve others from a more healthy place rather than being reactive. All right. So type threes, let's head into your direction. In these uh, anxious and chaotic times, you are trying to prevent your core fear from happening. And your core fear is being exposed or thought of as being incompetent, inefficient, or worthless. You also fear failing or appearing unsuccessful. Some of the things that could uh, activate you during this season is um, when you see uh, threats, perhaps to the economy or to the future uh, of your workplace, because all of a sudden the plans that you had for progress uh, and moving towards certain goals may be thwarted with things that are outside of your control, potentially losing opportunities that might hinder your ability to achieve or gain a higher status, uh, perceiving leaders as incompetent or unable to lead effectively, 
Also, there are a couple other things. Uh, when you or perhaps favored people don't get the esteem or recognition that you think they deserve, we, or when you feel inefficient and unsuccessful because the ground beneath you continues to shift, the bar continues to be moved, and as you're trying to account for all the changes that are happening day to day in this season of life, you find that the goalposts are moving and it's hard to simply uh, complete certain tasks that you intended. Yeah. And so when you're stressed, you might be taking on some of the average, the unhealthy aspects and characteristics of type nine. And some of those behaviors that might arise would be something like you shutting down, maybe disconnecting, disassociating, um, being disengaged, apathetic and passive. But you also actually might appear busy. You might want to look like you're doing a lot, but actually you're not doing much. So you have the appearance of being productive while not. The other things you might do is withdraw and become numbed out by using lots of different things. It could be watching TV, shopping, eating, you name it. You also might find yourself being stubborn and refusing to hear the help of others and what you might need to do next. Now, Threes, you're part of the assertive stance, like sevens and eights, where when you're stressed, you naturally move against others and like to take action. And how you can overcorrect in this, you will shapeshift and adapt to become whatever others value and admire. You will demand their attention, praise, and affirmation. But here's the good news of transformation, is that when you're aligned with the truth of the gospel, you know that you are valued and loved by Christ, and neither your wins or failures determine your worth. You become more truthful, transparent, and authentic. No longer you're fearing what others think of you because you know what Christ thinks of you. And not only that, the accomplishments that you think that you have to achieve, the ones that really do need to be achieved, were achieved by Christ and then given to you, which allows you to rest in your full identity in Christ, knowing that you are valued and loved. The passage that came to mind for me as I was thinking about threes during this season is this passage in Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, This is in verse two. He said, looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And I want Threes to focus on this phrase, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Threes love to put together the list, to set out the goal and seek to achieve it. And right now, man, all of those plans and intentions seem to be thwarted by changing uh, circumstances, it seems, day to day and week to week. But Jesus is the author of our faith. He is the one who has mapped out what spiritual growth looks like. And he is the perfecter of our faith. He was the teleos, the the perfect one. He was the one who completed it, who lived up to its plan. And so threes, look to Jesus both as the author and the perfecter of our faith and know that your plans need to align with him. Even if your plans may change, you have great peace of mind knowing the author and perfecter of your faith is yours through faith in Jesus Christ. So type fours, we can't wait to get into diving into how to help you during the season. So Beth, let's start off with type four. All right. So type fours, you're going to want to prevent the core fears of being inadequate, emotionally cut off, plain, mundane, defective, flawed, or insignificant. 
Some of the things for fours that may be activating their particular core fear is since you value those who are unique and different from the norm, any story of anger or violence towards a group on the fringes of society can cause deep feelings for you. You internalize other people's pain, therefore stories about hurting or people in despair and situations that are devoid of hope can be too much for the four and extraordinary stories that can make them feel envious or flawed. A couple of other things are when you notice people being inauthentic or possessing something that you lack, or when your uniqueness is not recognized or valued and you're unable to express yourself fully. Okay. So for you guys, when you're under stress, you're going to take on some of the average, the unhealthy characteristics of type two. And some of the behaviors that might arise is that you might defend your hurt feelings by removing your attention and affection towards others. You might become uh, less involved or actually more overly involved, possessive and clingy to win their love. So there could be this push-pull dynamic that happens. You remind others of their need for you, making them dependence on your help and your need for their affection. Now, you're in the withdrawn stance with fives and nines, and when stressed, you will naturally withdraw from others and to focus inwardly on your emotions. And you might overcorrect in this way by escaping into your feelings and vivid imaginations. You might imagine yourself living this extraordinary life where you can fully express yourself. That's where you might withdraw and go into your inner world. Your current emotions will start to feel as if they are reality. But the hope that we have in the transformational process is that when you're aligned with the truth of the gospel, you will know that Christ himself sees you fully, your uniqueness, how he designed you to be, and that he understands you completely. You recognize that your feelings do not define you, nor do they always represent the reality that you're living in. You step out of that imaginational world, the fantasy, and you start to live in real relationships and then have meaningful work with others. You will learn to not take everything so personally, and you'll combat the envy that can creep up with gratefulness. And above all of this, you are going to feel and know how much God loves you because He created you so unique and so beautiful for this very moment. The passage that came to mind for me when I thought of fours during this season is from Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance that we should walk in them. You know, fours, for you to recognize your unique design is intentional. It is God's gift to not only yourself, but also to your neighbor. And not only that, but he intends to use that gift. There are, there are good works prepared in advance for you. It, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with what God has designed. And he has a unique purpose for you. And so this is a season for you to show up in the lives of other people, not retreating or withdrawing because of envy or or shame, but rather in confidence and by faith in what Christ is doing in you, bring your presence to in a redemptive way to help people in such a difficult season. We'll be back after a quick break. 
Moms, it's here. Registration is open for Enneagram for Moms cohort. Yes, from May 6th to May 13th, you can grab your spot to be in one of the cohorts with moms of the same Enneagram type, plus with a certified Enneagram coach leading the way. Wouldn't that be the most amazing thing to be with like-minded moms who really understand what it's like to be on your journey as a mom from your type? Yes, it will feel so validating, reassuring, affirming, encouraging. You don't have to mom alone anymore. Go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts to grab your spot today because there's only 25 spots available for each cohort. Now we have a cohort for all nine types in the daytime and one in the evening. But when the spots are filled up, they're gone. So grab your spot today at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash cohorts. The groups start the week of June 10th and go until the week of July 29th. There are 90 minute sessions and there's eight of them. Plus you'll get a free Facebook group community where you can continue the conversation with one another. Join today. All right, so type fives, you're going to try to uh, prevent your core fear from happening in these anxious and uncertain times. And your core fear is the fear of being annihilated, invaded, obligations being placed on you. You also fear that people will see you as incapable and ignorant. You also will fear that your inner resources or internal battery will uh, be depleted to the point of catastrophic depletion. A few things happening in this season of our lives together that can activate a type five uh, core fear is people attacking a position or belief that you've researched thoroughly and you believe to be true. When the clo- those closest to you start sharing emotionally charged information and yet are neglectful of some of the facts or any story that makes you feel incompetent or uninformed. A few other things are when you see a threatening situation or encounter an overwhelming person who demands a great deal of energy from you, or when you feel like you don't have what it takes to deal with others' needs or to navigate all the issues that are coming up in life. And so during this very stressful time, you might head down the path towards seven and taking on some of those average to unhealthy characteristics of seven. And some of the behaviors that might arise is that you develop a racing mind and become scattered, impulsive, and restless. You overbook your schedule with fascinating experiences, take on too many projects, and learn new things at a feverish pace. You become less patient with people and you're more cynical and jaded in the way you're thinking about what's going on. Now, fives, you're part of the withdrawn stance with fours and nines, which means when you're stressed, you naturally withdraw from others and you start to focus on your thoughts and problem solving to cope with circumstances. Now, one way that you can do that in an overcorrection is where you go in deeper into your mind and spend large amounts of time researching, learning, thinking, and problem solving. Now, of course, a lot of that can be really good, but you can overcorrect and detach from reality and become an observer instead of actually part of the community, part of the problem solving process. But the good news is transformation, that when you're aligned with the gospel, you no longer worry that your resources will run out. Why? Well, because Christ knows what you need, and He delights in providing you for all your needs. He meets you in your solitude, and He recharges that relational battery that feels so depleted. 
And not only that, He is going to give you exactly what you need to know at the right moment and the right time to move forward with confidence and assurance that He has given you knowledge to move forward in the physical world, but also in all of your relationships. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, there's this wonderful passage in chapter 1, verse 30, and it says this, And because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Uh, Type 5's, we love that you seek wisdom and insight. We love that you have a passion for understanding. But true wisdom that comes from above about how to arrange our lives now and to move into life with intentionality comes through Jesus Christ. Our efforts to gain knowledge apart from Him may only lead to our own diminishment because there'll never be enough. But what God is saying here is that God, our Father, brought us into relationship with Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all the wisdom literature of the Bible, so that it is in Him that we can gain wisdom and clarity for how to engage in this world. All right, type sixes, you're up. Jeff, that includes you. (laughs) So sixes, we're going to look at the core fear that you guys have, especially in these very anxious and chaotic times. So six is your core fear that you're trying to prevent um, from happening is the fear of being without support, security, or guidance. You also are going to fear being blamed, targeted, alone, or physically abandoned. So a few of the things that are situations or ideas that may activate our core fear type sixes is that stories that make us feel physically unsafe or perceived that we're in danger, uh, believing that we're going to lose needed support, guidance, or financial security, feeling that we could be targeted or abandoned for our beliefs, or overwhelming amounts of conflicting information that cause you to distrust or become suspicious of people. A couple of other things is that when you notice people not working together for the common good, not following the rules to keep everyone safe, or simply just being divisive, and when people are not loyal. Yeah, that's great. So one thing I do get um, from some people is that they would love to hear the differences between the phobic and the counterphobic sixes um, and how they respond to these things. And what's really interesting in what we see, Jeff, is that it really comes back to these core motivations and why they're doing what they're doing. Now, the outward behavior between a phobic six and a counterphobic six might be very different. The phobic sixes, these are the ones that have, they all, phobic and counterphobic, have the same fears and anxieties, but the phobic sixes are going to succumb to their fears, try to avoid it, prevent it from happening, whereas the counterphobic sixes will see those fears and almost think, oh, no, you're not going to take me on. I'm going to take you on. And they move headlong into them to prove that they're not afraid, to prove that they're strong. But what what we're saying here in in this and a lot of our other um, materials is that these are the outward manifestations of what's going on in our heart. Jeff, do you have anything you want to add to that? I can sense myself during this season of life where my suspicion is off the charts. And so there's part of me that will just simply make choices to step away from all media, to step away from uh, intense debate, 
uh, uh, regarding things that we may or may not be able to resolve or know enough information about. And so there's a part of me that wants to engage and help and remain loyal uh, to my friends and to our family. And there's another part of me that wants to disengage from it all. And so for me as a counterphobic six, I experience a lot of ambivalence. I want to be present and engaged. And yet the more that I'm engaged, the more uh, questionable, the, the more conflicting uh, reports, the more conflicting information. And so I just grow increasingly suspicious of it all. And it actually moves me to anger. Yeah, that's really helpful, Jeff. Thanks. Now, six is when you're under this kind of stress, you might move to the average, the unhealthy characteristics of type three. And some of the behaviors that might arise is that you might actually appear very arrogant in thinking that you're the only one that has seen all the possible scenarios, especially the worst case scenarios. You've been telling everyone about it and no one's listening. You also might uh, find yourself being very busy to avoid feeling anxious and refuse to try anything new if failure is a possibility. You might worry about what others are thinking. And so then you might kind of put on some charm to and be friendly in order to gain alliances, friendship, security, and the support that you're looking for. Now, you're part of the dutiful stance, like ones and twos. And when you're stressed, you're naturally going to move towards people and be dutiful and loyal and work alongside people. Now, an overcorrection to this might be that you develop blind loyalty to a person or ideology or you could become rebellious towards a person or a system if you don't perceive that they are being loyal back to you. But here's the good news of transformation, is that when you are aligned with the truth of the gospel, you rest in the fact that you are safe, secure, and guided by the Holy Spirit who is within you. By slowing down and focusing on one thought at a time, you begin to recognize the Holy Spirit's direction in your life. This new inner calm gives you this confidence, this courage, and you find that you no longer need the same level of guidance and support from others outside yourself. Now, that's not saying that we don't want you to go get wisdom and help and guidance from others. There is good times for that. But what you're learning is to listen to the Holy Spirit in you and the confidence and the good that He has put there. A passage that comes to mind, which has always been dear uh, to me for many years, uh, comes from Isaiah chapter 50. It says, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Let him who walks in the darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Behold, all of you who kindle a fire and equip yourself with burning torches, walk by the light of your fire and by the light of the torches that you have kindled. This is what you will receive from my hand. You'll lie down in torment. The idea here is that as we try to create or cultivate assurances to feel secure and safe in our world, it actually leads to greater torment because we never can find the security that we desire. But what this passage is inviting us to is that as we walk without setting our own lights ablaze, that even though we may be walking in darkness, we can trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon our Holy Father. So that means that no matter what situation I may face, He will be the light unto my feet. He will provide the kind of security and insight that I need in the moment. I may not know what's going to happen tomorrow or next week, next month, or even next year, but I can have great assurance that my God will be with me no matter what I face. 
Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Sevens. Let's head into your neck of the woods with your core fear. Now, sevens are probably like, no, let's not talk about core fears. <laughs> let's talk about something positive. But we know that this is really anxious times, right? This has been very stressful. And so you might be really trying to prevent these things from happening. The fear of being deprived, trapped in emotional pain, being limited, restricted, bored, and definitely you're trying to prevent from missing out on something fun. Here are a few situations that may activate the core fear of a type seven. Uh, first, perceiving that your life might become limited or restricted based upon policies uh, or the agendas set by leaders. Stories of people in pain and despair that forces you to feel some of them uh, what you perceive as negative emotions. Or pessimistic people, the doom and gloom people who only share just the, the next day's uninspiring information without offering any kind of positive outlook. A couple of other things is that when you see people spreading negative doom and gloom stories or wallowing in too much of the past or any person, idea or policy that could potentially limit your freedom, fun or future adventures. Okay. And so in these stressful times, well, one thing that you might find yourself doing is, and we're not even talking about this um, throughout all this, but I think it's really good to mention for type sevens is the defensive mechanism of seven is reframing. Usually sevens will first try to reframe the negative into a positive. But when you are under stress, you and others can kind of see it when you move to the average to the unhealthy characteristics of one. And what the behaviors are going to be like in these moments is that you might start to impose restrictions and limitations on yourself and others so that you or others are being productive. You might appear more irritable, critical of yourself, and point out the imperfections that you see around you. You'll become perfectionistic, judgmental, and even micromanage others to meet the standards that you think they need to meet. And lastly, you can get really upset when you see others trying to prevent fun from happening and you experiencing that fun. Now, sevens, you're part of the assertive stance along with threes and eights. When you're stressed, you naturally move against others and like to take action. But you can overcorrect in this. You might become flighty and neglect your relationships because you're searching for new people, new experiences that you think would be fun and entertaining to alleviate this, this stress, this anxiety that is happening. And therefore, you might lash out on others and demand that they provide you with the satisfaction that you desire. But here's the good news about transformation is that when you're aligned with the truth of the gospel, you believe and know and experience that Christ is taking care of your needs, that your true satisfaction and contentment come from Him alone. You learn to slow down and appreciate the moment at hand where you actually see the blessings in front of you and you savor the moment. You recognize that you might have these impulses, but you learn to be grounded to be reliable, and to be grateful. And when these things happen in silence and solitude, a newness arises within you, which is actual satisfaction and a content heart. There's a great passage in Isaiah 43, verse 19. It says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
you know, sevens, there's so much in, in one sense, a focus on what's being lost and what you can't do as things change and restrictions come. And then perhaps allowances are offered a little bit later. But what this passage, not only is it speaking about what God intends to do through his son, Jesus Christ, when he would come, but it also speaks that our God is always doing a new thing. Something is happening, but we don't always see it. And what we may see as impossible, he can make a way in the wilderness. He can bring rivers into the desert, but we have to wait for his timing for him to make it known to us sevens. What may be happening around you is not there to inhibit you, but it may be the seeds of something to come. That's great. All right, eights, you ready? All right. So some of the things that you are going to try to prevent, which is your core fear during anxious and chaotic times is the fear of being weak, powerless, controlled, harmed, vulnerable, manipulated, and left at the mercy of injustice. So situations and themes that can activate the core fear of the type 8 are stories of people using their power and position to mistreat the vulnerable, feeling like the world is not in your favor, and that you might be harmed, controlled, or treated unjustly, seeing leaders not leading with truth and honor. A couple of other things are when uh, people or policies make you feel attacked or feel vulnerable, or any unjust rule or law that threatens your autonomy or feels like it's restricting or controlling you. So during these very stressful times, you can take on some of the average to the unhealthy aspects of type five. Some of the behaviors that might arise during this time is that you'll find yourself withdrawing, becoming secretive, and observing the situation more from afar. You're really trying to like gain information and new insights while detaching from your emotions so that you can get back on the offense. So while you're in your head and you're less physically active and assertive, you start to distrust people and can become more cynical and harsh while using your intellect to belittle others. Now, you're part of the assertive stance along with types threes and sevens. And this is where when you're stressed, you can naturally move against others and you like to take action. In a way that you might overcorrect in this is that you push others out of the way to get what you want. When you become more assertive, you actually will be also confrontational in a sense of saying, well, now you've got to deal with me. But here's the good news of transformation is that when you align with the truth of the gospel, you trust that Christ will not forsake you, nor will he betray you. You can then be real and vulnerable and acknowledge your weakness and know that God is your strength and your protector. You can recognize that complete independence is actually an illusion and that you need to be dependent on Him. And in this dependent state, you can relax. He is your protector. He is your good shepherd who loves you and protects you from harm. There's a great passage in Psalm 18, verse 2. It says, The Lord, Yahweh, is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield in the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. You know, this, there's an idea that uh, God is shows himself to be a king, a king who subdues our hearts, who yields our hearts to him and subdues our enemies. Eights, whenever you are plowing over people and trying to defend 
protect and preserve your own livelihood and autonomy and preferences. That's coming from a more fleshly part of you, but a heart that it's it has yielded is in submission to who God is, the sovereign providential God who works on our behalf and for our good, that he becomes our rock and our fortress and our deliverer. He, be, he becomes the one whom I take refuge behind. He is the one who I find great delight in. So eight, yield your heart to his purposes during this season, and you will find that your strength and your energy and intensity works for people rather than against them. All right, type nines, we're last, but definitely not the least. (laughs) Okay, in this anxious and chaotic time, we have the core fear of experiencing any kind of conflict or tension. We also fear being shut out, overlooked, or losing connection with others. Basically, any kind of discord that might happen. Here are a few situations or themes that can activate the core fear for the type nine. When you see people not receiving justice or being overlooked, ignored, or forgotten. When you believe a path to resolution is impossible or the damage is permanent. Hearing stories about people disconnecting from one another. If it can happen to them, it can happen to us. A couple of other things is when you start to experience chaos, aggression, divisiveness, or disconnection, it can feel overwhelming for you, type nines. And when you believe others don't notice you or care about your thoughts or desires, or when you see that happen to other people, those are things that can get the core fear of the nine activated. Absolutely. I'm sitting here going, amen. Um, And so what can happen for us in that stressful time is we can take on some of the average, the unhealthy characteristics of the six, where we can become anxious, worried. We start fixating on what could possibly go wrong, thinking of every scenario with our mind racing. We also become irritable, frustrated, and reactive. With our defenses up, we might want to try to race to take care of responsibilities that maybe we've put off for too long, hoping that we can salvage it. Now, nines, you are in the withdrawn stance along with fours and fives. And when we're under stress, we're going to naturally withdraw from others and go inward or basically kind of numb out, zone out, or disassociate. Now, one way that we can overcorrect is by escaping into this peaceful inner world, we have difficulty seeing and dealing with what is actually truly happening, what reality is. And we might fear that if we voice what our true thoughts and desires are, that it will actually cause us to lose connection with others, whether through tension or conflict or any kind of discord. But transformation comes, the hope of Christ, that when we are aligned with the truth of the gospel and we know that our presence and our voice matters to Christ, real transformation happens. Instead of repressing our anger or numbing out, we release this and become active in sharing our thoughts with trusted friends. We actually start to use our gift of mediation, where we see through the lens of others to have empathy and compassion and to bring others together, to bring peace and harmony and acceptance. So by waking up to our thoughts, our feelings, the things that we can offer the world, we can actually bring great change through peace, if we'll show up and know that we're loved. There's a great 
passage in John 14 that discusses the kind of peace that Jesus is inviting nines to participate in. He says this in verse 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Oftentimes, nines, in order to feel at peace, it may come at your expense where you shut everything down and disconnect from relationships, disconnect from yourself. But what this passage is inviting you to is to recognize that, yes, you will face trouble in this world, but you can have great assurance that the Holy Spirit is with you to remind you of all the things that Christ has taught us. And that through the Holy Spirit, Christ gives us his peace. It's not a peace that is fleeting, but rather it is a peace so that as you engage, it will always be with you now and forevermore. Well, guys, as you know, and we know very well, these are very anxious and chaotic times, full of stressors, loneliness, and just uncertainty. So we hope that what we've shared with you today is giving you some clarity of what activates you, what sends you off your best path, and what that might look like. But we also hope that you will see the hope of Christ in you. Now, we're hoping that as you see what it's like when you're in autopilot or not healthy, that you will be encouraged to take the time in your day and throughout your day to pause, to reflect, go back to our podcast on AWARE, the acronym we use to help to awaken to what is going on inside and how to rely on the Holy Spirit with your fears and your pride. Pray for wisdom. Pray for compassion, not just for yourself, but for others. Asking Jesus to remind you who is your firm foundation, which is Him, and knowing that in all of this chaos, in all of this confusion and uncertainty, He is working all things for our good and His glory. So now's the time. Now's the time for us to wake up and to see what is happening internally and ask the Holy Spirit to renew our minds so that we can remember who is almighty, sovereign, and providing for us each and every day. We hope that this has been beneficial for you guys, and we thank you so much for listening to the podcast.